0: well good morning we are glad that you're here last week we began this series talking about what happens when and we said what happens when I get saved and we talked a lot about that some good information it's up online for you right now today we're talking about what happens when I die and I I, so death We, we know that death is a part of of life but what happens next and so often we ignore that because well it's just not here We think about death when we have a relative who passes away or somebody close to us or the community thinks about death when there's a tragedy that's involved. So many things though are going on in our lives. So many things happening that usually we have a tendency to live for right now, and we say, "Well, the future's going to take care of itself." So we're living for the moment. And even if we're living for the family and friends that we have around us, we still often are living for the moment. The future will take care of itself. But for some reason, I can't answer this. But for some reason, God God wants us to know. God wants us to know about it. In fact, the Old Testament and the New Testament forecasts for us some of what's going to happen after death. And God actually orchestrates what he wants us to know, and he had it written down thousands of years ago. And these forecasts, they're called prophecies now god has used these in the past to tell israel his nation to tell them what was going to come you do this this is going to happen or it's they did that and they said he would say this is going to happen and guess what it happened just the way god said that it would happen and it's almost as if god is saying see that's me i told you it was going to happen i had it written down before it, it ever should have been hundreds of years before And then it happened just the way I said. That's pretty cool, right? There's prophecies in the Bible related to to Jesus, Israel, to the birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, even the resurrection of Jesus. In December, we kind of gave you an example. We said, what are the odds of one man fulfilling just eight of the prophecies related to the birth of Jesus? And there were hundreds. But what if just eight of those could be fulfilled? Could it happen by chance? Could Jesus have just, you know, just happened to have fulfilled those and not really been God? Well, let me give you an example of the odds of that happening. Here, the same odds, actually the number for that is 1 in 10 to the 157th power. That doesn't sound that great, but let me tell you how great that is. It would be the very same as this. Taking the state of Texas and filling it two feet deep with silver dollars. Taking one single silver dollar. After you blindfold a person, blindfold a person then take one single silver dollar, paint it red, and go into the state of Texas somewhere and bury it in that two feet of silver dollars that's covering the entire state and take the one blindfolded person and send them into the state and say, wander through, through Texas as far as you want, as many miles, one mile or you can go 500 miles or you can go 2000 miles and just anywhere you want to go through the whole state stop somewhere with the blindfold on put your hand into the silver dollars grab one single silver dollar pull that out then take the blindfold off and that you would be looking at the red silver dollar that's the odds of one man fulfilling just eight of the prophecies related to jesus and jesus fulfilled all of them hundreds it is god saying see that's me I told you what was going to happen hundreds of years in some cases thousands of years before it happened and then it happened I tell you that to remind you of this what we're talking about today is written in the form of forecasts prophecies God saying here's what's coming this is what is down the road God's saying, if I can do this, all this related to the nation of Israel, all of this related to Jesus, all of these things, if I can pull those off, guess what? I can pull off what we're talking about today. Now, some of what we're talking about today sounds fantastic. It sounds like out there. But think about it with me. I mean, just creation itself, that's out there, isn't it? God spoke and it was there. And if God can handle creation, and if God can handle the fantastic way that he handled Jesus and getting him here to this earth, God in flesh, if he can do that, God is saying that I certainly can take care of what's coming. So buckle your theater belt because we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about what happens after we die. The Bible consists of 66 books written by over 40 different authors over a course of thousands of years. And every detail in the Bible is there for a purpose and there for a reason. Every word that is there is purposeful and intentional. Every number that is mentioned is purposeful and intentional. And that means that it is worthy of our study. Worthy of our study in fact God says though be careful about what you believe he says there's people out there who will tell you things that are not in the word listen to how Jesus words this in Matthew chapter 7 verse 13 he said you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate in other words he says there is a way to God but it's narrow he says the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many choose that way he says. In other words, listen to what he's saying. He's saying it's narrow. He didn't say it's impossible. He didn't say, he didn't say you can't go. He just said a lot of people won't choose that way. He didn't say there's just this list and only special people can get in. He said anyone is willing. Anyone can, but not everyone will choose for themselves to do that the narrow way. Listen to verse 14. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few will find it. He said not everyone's going to make this choice. Anyone can but they just won't do it. But then he gives us this warning in verse 15. Beware of the false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. In other words, they won't tell you the truth. They will look like they're telling you the truth. It will be things you want to hear. It will sound right. It will sound good to you, but it won't be the truth. And I want to be honest with you. You can find a lot of this on TV a lot of this not all of them certainly but you can find a lot of these untruths being taught on tv you just can because a lot of that revolves around the big dollar and not really around god at all so certainly we are all going to face death let's find out what God has to say about it. Let me just give you an average. On the average, if you're 35 years today, 35 years old, let's put this in perspective. Uh, statistics tell us you're going to see for yourself about another 35 Christmases. You know, Some of you less, some of you more. We don't know, only God knows, but le- we are all going to die. So when this does come for you in your life, well what happens what happens when I die and I'm going to be honest with you the evil one does not want you to know what we're talking about today he wants to keep you in the dark he wants to keep churches in the dark because he doesn't want you to find the very heart of God he doesn't want you to find an eternity with God you know what he wants to harm God by harming you so the evil one doesn't want you to know about what we're going to talk about today. In fact, the evil one offers you counterfeit information. For everything that God offers you as his truth, the evil one offers you something else as counterfeit. Saying, oh no, 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 it's not really like that, it's like this. It's not that the gate, the path is narrow, really there are many, there's many paths to God. The evil one offers you a counterfeit for everything that god offers you as true in fact even what we're talking about today we're going to give you god's truth from god's word but you know what the evil one the evil one would say well why don't you just listen to the psychic or why don't you just listen to to someone who can channel death someone who can talk to the dead why don't you take that because they're talking to the dead right you can trust that can't you the evil one would say yes you can and god would say you're listening to the wrong place you're listening to the counterfeit you might say well i i I have read about death i mean i've read about afterlife experiences or i've read about near-death experiences and I'll be the first to admit, there are such things as near-death experiences. In fact, the Bible describes one of those. In Acts chapter 7, verse 55, it's Stephen, and he has a literal, a, a real near-death experience. Here's what happens. It's Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. And this was him in the process of dying. He was actually being murdered. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. He's having a a near-death experience. He saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And then Stephen speaks. He told them, he said, look, I I see heaven's opened and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. That was his near-death experience. And I mean, those things actually exist. But here's my warning to you. Anytime you listen to, read, read about, see a movie about, anytime you see something about a near-death experience, I'm going to be honest, you can't take that as truth. Because, here's why, the evil one, we we call him Satan, the evil one, he offers a counterfeit for everything that God offers that's true. Do you realize the evil one can also orchestrate near-death experiences? can. But here, here's how you can tell if one is is truth or counterfeit. Here's how you can tell. If what they tell you lines up with what is in God's word completely with no exception then it could be truth. But if it does not then it is most certainly counterfeit. And here Stephen's near-death experience lines up completely with God's Word. There is no contradiction. What he saw is exactly what the Bible tells us about. But when it comes to near-death experiences, I, I, I think we would do much better... Much better than listening to the, them following the counterfeit things of, of psychics and, and people who say they, they channel the voices of dead people. I think we can do far better than that. And we can even do better than near-death experiences. We can act, I think we would do better if we actually listen to someone who has been dead and defeated death, not someone who just got close to death but someone who actually died, and that's Jesus himself. Let's listen to see what Jesus has to say about death and what happens after we die. John gives us a glimpse of this in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. John, he, had, he, he was seeing this happen, a vision. John, uh, once, uh, Revelation 1, verse 17. John says, When I saw him, that's Jesus, I fell at his feet as though I were dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and he said, Do not be afraid. He said, I'm the first and the last. In other words, I'm the beginning and the end. I was there when I started the clock of this world, and I'm going to be there when I stop the clock of this world. And then he said, Verse 18, I am the living one. Jesus, one who died, but he resurrected. So he's alive. I am not as a ghost he's alive I am the living one I was dead and behold he said here I am alive forever and ever in other words even when I stop the clock on this world I still go on and he's saying guess what so do you and he says I hold the keys of death and Hades he said I've got the keys I mean I'm not just alive but I've got the keys of everything that's happening in the underworld I've got the keys. Now, reliable information does not come from us trying to peer behind the grave and trying to figure it out. I think reliable information comes from what we find in God's word. Now we're going to be talking, everything we're talking about today, there is, there's tons of scripture that supports it. But I usually teach verse by verse. Today we don't have, we're trying to cover thousands of years today in minutes. We can't go verse by verse, so I have provided a good number of verses for you, and they are on the blog right now, StuttgartHarvestChurch.org. It is the blog post right now, many verses that talk about what we're talking about today. So I'm taking information from the Bible and those verses, and I'm giving it today to you in a summary. So it's there for you right now. StuggartHarvestChurch.org. You can go there when you leave today. All right, are you ready? We're going to take quite a journey. So, what does happen after I die? Let's go to the first slide, slide number one. We're just assuming you you agree with us that there is death, that death happens. We will face death. And the Bible tells us that means we're absent at that moment from the body. But there's part of you that lives on, lives forever. And it's that part of you right now that's looking through your eyes. That's your soul. That's your spirit. Death. The Old Testament describes a place that is in this afterlife, after death, life after death, and it is described as... Sheol. That is an Old Testament term written in Hebrew, and it means it is there, literally, that is the name Sheol. Now the same place is referred to in the New Testament, and it is called Hades, and that is the Greek term. So Sheol and Hades, same place. Old Testament term, New Testament term, same place. But you need to understand this, Sheol, Hades, is not hell. That is not hell. Now for some of you right now that is completely new information. You have never heard that because in your mind you have always thought there's heaven and there's hell. The Bible clearly tells us there's this third place called Sheol. Let me clarify this for you though. This is not what you may have heard as described as purgatory. This is not purgatory. This is a temporary place. Sheol is temporary. Hades, that same place, it is temporary, but it is not purgatory. It is not. Sheol is described as the place when someone died, their spirit, their soul went to Sheol. Purgatory teaches that it is a temporary place where you kind of pay penance you pay you pay temporarily for what you did on earth hoping that you can get into heaven i'm just going to be honest with you i don't mean that this i don't mean this and i don't have time to break this down so i don't mean this disrespectfully i just need you to know the bible does not teach of a place Anything like or called or like what it's described as purgatory, it's not there. It's just not there. But it does teach of a place called Sheol, and it calls it by name in the Old Testament as Sheol, and by name in the New Testament as Hades. It does exist. But let me describe to you, because in the Old Testament, every single person that died died went to Hades, went to Sheol. So let's figure out what it is. The Bible tells us about it. In the next slide, number two, the Bible tells us about this. Let me show you. Let me describe it. So with death... Every single person in the Old Testament went to Sheol. If they were an Old Testament faithful God follower in the Old Testament, like people you hear about like Abraham and Isaac, even people like John the Baptist in the New Testament. It was before Jesus died. So all these Old Testament faithfuls, and even the ones that you've never heard of. I mean, lots of Old Testament faithfuls. They are in Sheol, but they're in a portion of Sheol. That's labeled as paradise. That's the first part. That's the first location inside of Sheol. Now this is a temporary place. Sheol, Hades, temporary. But the faithful, they find their souls, their spirits in paradise. And they are aware, just like you're aware. They have memories. They know what's going on. They they have relationships there. They know each other. It's amazing. It is a paradise. The Bible describes the second part of Sheol, and that's on our next slide, number three. The second part is right here, and it's called the great divide. And now this you can see over here, but you cannot cross It is literally a barrier, and that is a big difference between what people teach about purgatory, which is not in the Bible, and this, which is, because the Bible tells us, once you die, you have chosen a team, and you're on that team for eternity. That's the deadline. When you die, what you have chosen, that's it. It doesn't change. The people here in paradise, they will never cross over here. So let's go to the third one very quickly, uh, and that's in slide number four. And this is called, it has various names, but the one we're going to use to make it easy to describe is the pit. Okay, Now, this is all in Sheol in Hades. there's paradise. there's a great divide that separates paradise from the pit, and they can see what's going on. they know what's happening on the other side, but they can never cross over. Once someone dies, if they have rejected God, they their soul goes to the pit. And that was their choice. They made that choice. That was It's not God sending them to the pit. They rejected God. And that was their choice. They do not cross over. You can see, but over you can never cross. That's the way the Bible describes it. In a large section in in, in the book of Luke, Jesus describes Sheol. He describes Hades and what it's like. So... There are our three places. A great divide in the middle. You don't cross over. To not choose a team is to make a choice. God doesn't send people to the pit. They choose to reject God. So, that... You know, it's not like what you hear about purgatory where someone lands there until enough people pray for them or they do enough good things for them that they can get them into paradise. Nope. Once death happens, your choice was made. Your choice is made here on earth. We live with that choice for eternity. It's not God's decision for you. We make the choice. And for some people, their eternity is a paradise. For some people, the people in, in, in the pit, they also have memories. They also have relationships, but they are under, as the Bible describes, a place of torment. Now, Sheol, Hades, but remember this, it is temporary. While we don't change teams, the place itself is temporary. And it is a very real place, as real as earth, as real as heaven, as real as hell. And you say, Harley, I, I uh, listen, I've never heard this before. And it's because we honestly, because we haven't ever really cared enough to go see what does God say about what happens after we die. You might say, okay, so Harley, so you said that those who died in the Old Testament are in Sheol. The Old Testament followers of God went to Sheol, to, to Hades, in that place described as paradise, if they were God followers. And you said God rejectors went to Sheol as well, but they're in the place called the pit. Now if that was the Old Testament, then where are those souls, where are those spirits today? And I would say if you ask that question, great question. Because we're going to answer that. Our next slide, slide number five. When Jesus died on the cross, and that's what this says right here. When G- with Jesus' death, do you realize that Jesus himself actually went to Sheol? When he died... He went to Sheol. In fact, the Bible tells us, remember, he's on the cross. He has a criminal on each side of him. One criminal rejects him. The other criminal submits to him. Although it was quite a late submission, it counted. He submitted to Jesus before he died. And do you know what Jesus says to him? Today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise. Located in Sheol, in Hades. Interesting, is it not? Following his death, Jesus, following the death of Jesus, Jesus journeys into Hades, into Sheol, in the paradise portion, where he is now rubbing elbows with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob even his cousin John the Baptist and all the other followers of God who were faithful to God in the Old Testament names we've never even heard of they were all there and Jesus was there with them how long was Jesus there? three days three days and you know what's happening there go to slide number six what's happening there is jesus is there for three days and then you know what happens he defeats death he comes out of paradise out of sheol and he is resurrected with a new glorified body even resurrected his heart beating again resurrected very cool He's resurrected and he is alive. But you know what he did while he was there in Sheol? He busts the gates, the hinges off of paradise, off of Sheol. He busts the gates wide open and he takes with him, he takes with him every single soul, spirit that was in paradise. And he takes, the Bible says, he takes them with him when he resurrects and he takes them to heaven. The real place the eternal place of heaven this was temporary and he busts it wide open and takes every single faithful soul that was there in paradise takes them with him to heaven that's what the Bible teaches very interesting not yeah so Jesus emptied out that temporary place the paradise portion but those who rejected God they are still In the pit today, all the way back to the Old Testament today, they are still there today. That's what the Bible teaches. And while the pit is a temporary place, because all of this, Sheol is temporary, while the place is temporary, their position, they chose the team, that is permanent, those who rejected God are still there they are across the great divide they will never cross this they can peer over although this is now empty so if that is a temporary place where everyone who has lived that rejected God before the death of Jesus Christ that's where they reside today then Where are the other people who have rejected Christ since the resurrection of Jesus? The answer is the Bible teaches us it is this very same place. The pit. You probably have never heard that before but that's what the Bible teaches Now some translations of the Bible have taken these words Sheol and Hades and they have lumped them all together and used the term hell but that's not accurate because the words that describe Sheol and Hades are not the same word that is used to describe the eternal permanent location called hell. They are very separate words very separate meanings. Where are those souls today of every single person who has ever lived that died and rejected God, rejected Jesus? The Bible tells us they're right here in this temporary location called the pit in Sheol. Now slide number seven just to give you a very quick recap. We die there's death the bible talks about three very distinct places it talks about eternal heaven it talks about eternal hell but it also talks about this temporary place called sheol in the old testament hades in the greek and that place has three very separate parts. Paradise and then there's a great divide separating that from the pit and you can't cross from one to the other because of the great divide. That's how it's described to us. And, and hell also has other terms like the lake of fire. It, it gives us other descriptions. And talking about heaven, uh, I, I don't have time to go. I need to skip that. So let's keep going. Um, so today After the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus died on the cross and he rose again. Now when a follower of Jesus dies, the Bible tells us if they are a Christ follower, if they've submitted their lives to Jesus. I didn't say they had a perfect life. I didn't even say they made a lot of right decisions or mostly right decisions. That's not what we're saying. We're saying someone who said, Jesus, you're my boss. I submit my life to you. I give my life to you. When someone who's a God follower, Christ follower dies today, they leave, the Bible tells us, they leave their earthly body, and they don't go to Sheol if they're a Christ follower today. They go, the Bible tells us, directly to heaven. It says to be absent from this body means that we are present with the Lord. And where, where is that? That is in this very real place called heaven. So today, in the Old Testament, when a God follower died, they went to paradise in Sheol. But Jesus emptied that, and they're all in heaven. Where you go today, if you die as a follower of Jesus, you go directly to heaven where Jesus is. That's where you go. To be absent from this body is to be present with your Lord, with Jesus. Now, so what is Jesus up to right now in heaven? What's Jesus doing today, this very moment? The Bible tells us this. The Bible gives us this information. And you know what? Not only is he busy doing something, the Bible says he's preparing a place for you. For those who are following Jesus, he's preparing a place for you in the real place called heaven. And then you know what he says after he talks about that? He says, and I am going to come back for you. I'm going to come back to get you. So as, as when a follower of Jesus dies, they go to heaven. But if you are still here on earth, there is a moment when Jesus is coming back for those who are still alive, living on this earth, following Jesus. And the Bible, we have a term that describes that process in the Bible. And the term we use is rapture. But let me, let me give you a verse and read a verse to you that describes what the rapture is going to be like. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout and the voice of the archangel. And this is what's happening at the moment of the rapture. This has not yet happened. He's saying this is going to happen. And with the trumpet call of God. Now first he says the Christians who have died will rise from the graves. So the Christians who have died, they they have been buried for centuries, for thousands of years. They have been buried. And and God is going to take their bodies who have become dust. He's going to take those bodies and recreate them into new bodies. And they're going to meet up. Because where is that person who has died? Their soul is with Jesus. But at the rapture, Jesus is going to take their bodies and reunite them with their souls. And then he says this, then together with them, verse 17, we who are still alive will remain on the earth, who remain on the earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. In other words, those who are living and following Jesus they will then meet up with Jesus in the air as well. And they will be given, the Bible describes in other verses, also glorified, recreated, newly created bodies. Very cool. That's, that is what has been termed as the rapture. It says, then we will be together with the Lord forever. Where? Not in Sheol, not in Hades. That was temporary, the paradise portion. We will be with him forever in heaven. And then he says, so encourage each other with these words. In other words, God is giving us this information not to scare us, really to encourage us, to prepare us. Slide number eight. So here's what happens. Jesus comes back. Jesus comes, he shows back up on the scene to rapture, to by the real description, the word to that really means in the Greek to snatch up, to grab up all the people who have died and been buried on the earth who were believers in Jesus, but their souls are already in heaven. If they were a Christ follower, right? They're already there and their bodies join up. God recreates them and they get a new glorified body and those who are alive, Jesus takes them up, gives them a glorified body and now in heaven is every single person at the rapture now every single person who is a believer all believers at this moment are now in heaven everyone left on the earth at this moment is a non-believer they do not believe, they rejected Jesus everyone who's in heaven everyone there is a believer now no believers left on the earth during this time and they are transformed they get this glorious new new body So, slide number nine. At the moment of the rapture, at the moment of the rapture, this moment right here, this marks the beginning of a seven-year period of time right here, and it's called this, the Great Tribulation, and this is happening on earth the great tribulation. Jesus describes it as a time of tremendous suffering and, and pain and, and just just agony really. Just trying to live and survive during the tribulation. Lots of information about that. In fact we talked about this uh, one Sunday in uh, December. You can go back to that series and catch that. We talked about what that meant. But those who have died apart from God where are they? they're here in the pit. If they've died and they rejected Jesus they're in the pit. Paradise is empty. Jesus took them with Him and here is the the rapture. Believers are now all in heaven. Everybody that's left right here going through the tribulation, at this point they are not believers as the tribulation begins. That kind of catches us up to where we are. Now Jesus describes this tribulation, horrible time. Let's go to slide number 10. While the tribulation is happening here on earth, at the rapture, the tribulation begins immediately. While that's going on right here, what's happening in heaven? Here's what's happening in heaven. While the tribulation is happening on earth, in heaven it's a thing called the judgment seat of Christ. Now this is only for Christ followers. Uh, This is not a punishment. When we hear the word judgment a lot of times we think oh yikes am I going to get into heaven? These people are already in heaven and they're not going to be kicked out. This is not a judgment uh, to determine do you get to go to heaven or not. This is a different kind of judgment. This is a judgment for believers, for Christ followers. And really you can think of it less of a punishment. It's not a punishment time. It's really more of the judgment seat of Christ. It's an awards ceremony. That's where Jesus is passing out the awards, and that's what's going to happen. Now, some people, like all award ceremonies, some people get a lot of awards. Some people get a few, and there are people who don't get any awards. That's what's going to happen in heaven during the tribulation here, but up in heaven, judgment seat of Christ, that's what's going to be going on. Some will. Some will get a few. Some won't get any, but no one's going to be punished. It's not a time of punishment now at the end of this tribulation right here at the end of that seven years something is going to happen to end the tribulation let's go to slide number 11 and here's how the tribulation ends the tribulation ends with what's called the second coming of Jesus and he comes along with the armies of heaven which are made up of all the believers who were with Jesus in heaven he comes and he ends the tribulation with a great battle and he ends it and it is now over and he takes Satan, he takes the evil one and, uh, and let's see, uh, let's, let's go to, are we on slide number 11? Let's go to slide number 12. He, he uh, takes the evil one and he, he uh, basically puts Satan in prison, not in hell, in prison for like a thousand years and jesus comes down and he is going to set up his own kingdom here on earth his own kingdom you might hear it referred to as the thousand year reign or the millennial kingdom and it is a literal kingdom jesus will really be there physically there sitting on a throne and he will be king of earth for that thousand years this is not heaven this is not heaven let me tell you what happens here. Jesus, when he ends this battle, he takes the evil. When he takes Satan, he puts him in prison for a thousand years. He takes the the false prophet and the Antichrist. He casts them into not the pit. He sends them straight to hell. He takes them straight on a straight ticket right into hell. That's where they go, along with the demons. And so we have now something that's going to happen because we had people who lived through The tribulation people who lived through the tribulation they are going to face a judgment and it's called the judgment of nations Jesus judges them now this judgment for those who are alive living their hearts still beating they made it out of the great tribulation Jesus judges them and uh, let's see let's let's Let's, uh, I think I might be ready for that next slide. Jesus judges them right here uh, so they face judgment. Those who are living and those who are Christ, who surrendered to Christ, because people can surrender to Christ during the tribulation, those people get an invite into God's kingdom that's going to be there on earth. So they get to just walk on over into the kingdom. Those who rejected Jesus... On earth, they get a ticket to the pit. All right? That's where they head, straight to the pit. That's where they're gone. Jesus didn't send them there. That was the choice they made. They rejected Jesus. That was their last chance. You don't get a do over. When death hits, you have picked your team, and that's what they had picked. They rejected Jesus. So those who did not those who chose jesus they are invited into the kingdom now jesus sets up his kingdom for a thousand years he reigns as a king who is who are the people who are there we have all the people who were up in heaven that came down with jesus right here they're going to be there so those who were raptured those people have glorified bodies because they were in heaven and he brought their bodies together with the Spirit, and then those who were raptured, He gave them new glorified bodies, they're they're all going to be there. But also there's going to be people who are still mortal just like we are right now, they're going to be there. Only the ones who surrendered to Jesus. So they're invited into the kingdom. So you know what that means. This is not heaven so it's not the place where there's no more tears, no more, That's, that's not it. This is Jesus' kingdom that He has set up here on earth so you know what that means for those people who are here it means that for those who are mortal there will still be death and there will still be birth during that thousand years but here's a really interesting thing the Bible tells us though for those who are born during the millennial king that thousand year reign those who are born on earth who choose to submit their lives to Jesus the Bible says they will never die they won't die. Interesting. Although they do have physical bodies, they won't die. The Bible says, and you're saying, Harley, I've never seen this in the Bible. And Mike says, I, I know. Did you go look for it? It's there. Those, those who choose, who are born during this, this kingdom reign of Jesus here on earth, those who are born and do not, submit their lives to Jesus? We still, they will still have that sin nature even though the evil one is bound for a thousand years they can still choose to reject God. Those who choose to reject Him the Bible says they will not grow older than a hundred years old. Interesting. Now during this thousand years so babies are still being born people who don't believe in Jesus they are dying population's increasing during this time. It started with all believers, but as babies have been born, some choose to not believe. And now God is getting ready to orchestrate one last last thing. He's going to allow Satan out of prison, and he's going to let him back on earth, even though Jesus is reigning, he's going to let it happen one more time. And as he is released, then the evil one takes all of these people, whoever is rejecting Jesus, who's not claiming him as their Lord, and they revolt together against God one last time. Slide number 14. This is the Satan's last revolt and it's by the plan of God. He said, "I'm going to let it happen." And he gives us a warning. Says, "Here here's going to happen and this is going to end the 1000 years." So at the end of that 1000 years, G- Jesus lets him out of prison. He takes the people who are not believers and they revolt and God ends the revolt in one great, very swift act and he ends it. And everyone who revolts, they find themselves in the pit and he takes Satan himself and doesn't put him in the pit. He takes Satan and and puts him in hell directly straight to hell for Satan. And then here's what comes next. This is what ends the thousand-year reign on heaven. Let's go to the next slide. It is called, uh, let's see right here. Do we have slide number 16? Let's pull that up. There we go. Slide 16 this is what happens it's called the great white throne of judgment now this is what most people think of when they hear the term judgment although that's it's inaccurate to think when judgment oh there's one judgment no there's a lot of judgments we just talked about all of them. judgment here judgment here this is the last one though for the people who have not yet been judged this is it and this is who it's for because everyone in heaven now has been judged, and they're there. I mean, they're they're there. So this is not for them. This is for, here's what happens. Everyone who has rejected God, rejected Jesus, since the beginning of time, everyone who died and rejected Jesus, they are located, their souls, their spirits are in the pit, a place of torment. That's where they are. At the great white throne of judgment... God resurrects their bodies and reunites them with their souls. And they face the judgment of God. This judgment is not to determine, do you make it into heaven or do you go to hell? That's not, that has already been decided. They made that choice themselves already. That's decided. Do you know what they're actually, do you know what God is actually going to judge and decide? This will be news for some of you. He's actually going to decide the nature of their torment, the severity of their punishment. Let's go to slide number 17. He's going to determine the severity of their punishment. They have already chosen their path. We know the destination is going to be hell. Everyone at the great white throne of judgment everyone at that judgment has already rejected Jesus they're all coming out of this pit he resurrects their bodies they face that judgment the real decision that God is making is the severity now here's the thing though may to hear that information now here's my warning may we never ever ever find ourselves trying to negotiate a better place in hell as opposed to saying I just need to surrender myself to Jesus Christ. Because there is no place in hell that is not better torment than another. May we never find ourselves doing that. Slide number 18, this is where it ends. I'm going to ask the band to make their way to the front. Slide number 18. Eternity begins. This is the moment. We have gone from Jesus' resurrection to the rapture of the believers through the tribulation through the, the the judgment seat of Christ where he hands out awards from Jesus coming back again to end the tribulation from him judging those who made it through the tribulation from him having his kingdom here on earth with believers and then some, believe, some people some of the, the mortals had children and they did not choose to believe at the end of the thousand years he releases satan there's one last revolt god ends all of the revolt now and now he takes all of the pit of uh of sheol and hades he empties it reunites souls with bodies at the great judgment where then they are sent to their final destination their eternal destination one that they chose from themselves but the judgment is the severity it is not the location They all have chosen that for themselves. And at that moment, everyone in heaven, everyone uh, are all at this moment believers for eternity. And this is where eternity begins. What happens after I die? What happens when I die? This is what happens. And God is not trying to scare you literally. He's trying to encourage you and he's trying to prepare you. In eternity, the Bible says that God creates a new heaven. He just doesn't fix it back up for us. He said he creates a new heaven and a brand new, yes, a new earth. Not one that's been fixed up or patched up. He recreates it, and it is all part of our eternity. Loving God, worshiping God, perfection as God describes it. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more disease, no more death. That is eternity. Now what happens beyond that? We don't have a lot of information but we know it's that for eternity with God in a real place called heaven that He has created. In a new created earth that He has created and you know what? We say well it didn't happen yesterday, probably not going to happen tomorrow when He comes back for, for His followers the rapture. But you know what? We don't know there's nothing standing in the way of the rapture at this moment. It could happen we're not waiting on any prophecies to be fulfilled so that he can come back it could happen they've all been fulfilled up to this point we're just waiting but you know what God is doing here's what he's doing this very moment he's loving you and listen to the description of his weight 2nd Peter chapter 3 verse 9 the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some of you think No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Our bottom line for today says this. God's plan has been functioning since the beginning of time. Don't miss out. It's your choice. That's my hope for you that you not miss out on what God has for you that you submit your life to him and this morning you may be realizing you know what I know about God I I went to church when I was a kid or my grandparents took me to Sunday school I know about this I've been acknowledging yes Jesus is present and real but I have never submitted my life to him given it to him and you can do that this very moment I'm not going to pressure you I'm not going to guilt you into this I'm just going to simply say if that is what you want to do let me tell you how you do it do you recognize that Jesus died on the cross for you to pay the price for your sin and my sin? Do you recognize that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that three days later he rose again? Do you believe that? It's critical. If Jesus didn't rise again then we have nothing. Do you believe that he rose again? And here's my last question. In doing so, do you recognize right now to Jesus do you say, Jesus, when you died on the cross you purchased Something. And you know what that something was? You purchased my life. Your death bought, purchased my life. And so I freely give it to you. I submit it to you. Does that mean you're going to do everything right tomorrow? No. Does that mean you're going to do everything right in the next few years? No, it doesn't. It means simply you have transferred the ownership of your life from you to him. You bought it, Jesus. And if you're doing that right now, if you're making that decision, not even an emotional decision, it's just a decision to say, yes, I do that or no, I don't. If you're choosing to do that, if you have, on the back of your connection card, I'm just going to ask you, ask you to let me know. There's a place to say I'm making Jesus the boss of my life or I'm, I'm choosing to become a Christ follower, I think is how I've put it on there. If that's you, just mark that. And then maybe some of you are saying, you know what, I, yes, I have given Jesus my life, but I have not been pursuing him. I've been lagging behind, doing my own thing for a few years, and I've kind of been ignoring God. But right now in this moment, I just, I really just want to let him know, Jesus, thank you for not forgetting about me, and will you help me to pursue you closer like I once did? Those are my two prayers for you. And if you're making those decisions, will you let me know? If you're thinking about something else, also let me know on the back of your connection card. We're going to sing two songs. That's your moment to let me know on your connection card what God is doing in your life or what you're choosing for you. And will you sing these songs with us as worship to our God, our King? Let me pray for you. God, these songs are for you. Thank you for being slow and patient with us. Thank you that we have this moment right now today. We're not promised tomorrow, we have today. Thank you for today. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.